I'm Johnny C, and you're listening to Adrian Has Issues. Hey everybody, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. I'm Adrian, and I am super excited to talk to today's guest, talking about comic conventions and connecting with people, meeting with people. There are some people that you talk to for so long, you almost know them even more intimately than just having them on as a guest. So at this point, like we're basically just catching up, which are always my favorite shows. But um, shoot, I can't even, I think if this was going back, what? This was a Creator After Con, correct? Uh, one of the after parties when we first met? Yeah, I think um, 2014 or 15. So a couple years for sure. Wow, that's crazy. And then, um, you know, since then, you know, we've met at other uh, events, including, you know, In Beyond Con, which, of course, shout out to In Beyond Studios and for all the great work that they do. But you are a illustrator, comic artist, and just an overall badass dude based out of Long <laughs> Island. I always enjoy chatting with you, so I'm glad to get to do it again. But for everybody else who may not know of you, um, please welcome Justin Freshetto. Justin, how are you today, buddy? Good, good, buddy. It's a pleasure being here uh, talking to you. So I think the first podcast I've ever been on. So Really? Uh, oh, know. shoot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I didn't know this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is the first. So it's a new thing for me, but I'm excited to do it and, you know, <laughs> and try try new things. I assure you, I'll try to make this as painless as possible. Uh, okay, podcasting cool. shouldn't be like dentistry. I'm just going to go out and say it that way. So, though, we do require shots of Novocaine for some reason. I don't know why, but it's, it's in the contract. Awesome. So... <laughs> Obviously, like I said, we've known each other for a couple of years through a lot of like events in and around, you know, New York Comic Con and, you know, in and beyond yeah. things like that. But I'm always interested in people's origin stories. One thing about this podcast that I always like to do is give people an idea of where they started from, because you see so many creators of all different kinds on social networking and through their art and what they create. But I always like to start, okay, it's, it's like, what was it that led the individual to create the things that they do? So I guess to ask that question first and foremost is your introduction into the world of art and illustration creativity. So how did that all get started for you? I think even as a kid, like I've always been into art. It's always like a natural thing for me. Like I latched onto it as a kid. I used to watch cartoons a lot. I grew up in England, so I spent a lot of time in, <laughs> a lot of time in England watching cartoons and trying to like copy the cartoons off of the TV screen. <laughs> oh, really? Um, if you don't mind me asking, whereabouts? Uh, London. Get out of here! I didn't see. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I spent the majority of my childhood there, and it rained a lot, so I spent a lot of time inside watching uh, horror movies and cartoons, and uh, with the cartoons and and some of the horror movies, I used to just copy the TV screen. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I've always loved art and drawing and stuff, and uh, I think. Um, I started taking more seriously. I started focusing on, on art more when I was like 17. So this is like flashing forward a little bit. But when I was 17, I, I made like more of a conscious, like, you know, effort or decision. Like, all right, I'm going to spend more time focusing on practicing and, and getting my art better, getting my drawing ability better. So I basically elevated my, my focus at 17. And I would say until like 2014 or so, I would draw pretty much daily, not for a crazy amount of hours, but I would draw like daily, at least a little bit of practice every day. So a little bit of sketching here or there every day uh, for 
2017 to 2014, which is for about like 10 years. I mean, for quite a bit of time. I can't do math. But, um, <laughs> That's okay. Just, yeah. uh, another thing about podcasts, at least on this one, I don't require a lot of math either. So don't okay. feel so bad. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> I'm 31 now. So I, I went to my first Comic-Con in 2012. That was really when I was like, all right, you know what? I want to do comics and I want to do like, you know, stuff involved with comics, like our art involved with comics or commercial art and stuff like that. So 2012 was when like things started to shift even more. I tried to focus even more, like that much more on like art and practicing, getting better. And that was 2012. And then 2014, uh, kicked it up to like an ultimate, like another level. And I feel like I've been on that ever since, which is really kind of focus in everything like my whole life revolves around like daily routines that involve you know me drawing and practicing studying and i started writing recently oh congratulations thank you uh it, it's it's been fun definitely it's a new thing for me so it's it's a lot of like um i have to go over the basics and and uh you know make sure i have the basics down pad before i move on to anything beyond that but for the last couple of years, I've been uh, just really focusing on art and, and, and making sure like I have routines every day that allow me to like practice art. And that's how people get better. You know, they do it every day until they develop a rhythm. And something I think that even, let's say, for instance, if you were like, let's say, a megastar artist, which, you know, I'm pretty sure at some point that will be, you know, you would still develop that routine and a regimen of constantly improving. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of like what everybody says is, you know, to keep at it. I've seen your stuff on social media, uh, like I said, since we've met and, you know, not even just in terms of your presence on there, but one thing about talking to and seeing the work of, let's say, up and coming artists is really seeing the evolution of the art and from what it was from, you know, one year to the next. And it's been incredible the things you've been able to create because you're constantly putting stuff out there. And at this point, I'm just trying to figure out how the hell you actually find a time. (laughs) Well, uh, I don't have like a day job with this. I do commission work as like a day job. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, my routine for the the last like I guess smaller chunk of time is I've been focused on like commissions and and I've been uh, doing like uh, other people's work uh, throughout the day, and then you know the afternoons and definitely nights uh, I spend a lot of that time focusing on my own stories, my own characters, and different things that I post on uh, my social medias and stuff. And I'm excited about Inktober coming up and stuff. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of been my routine where it's during the day. I treat commission work and stuff like that as like my day job that brings in money. And then um, uh, at night, you know, I focus on uh, personal work. And, and that's been so satisfying. <laughs> as someone who, you know, writes and dabbles a little bit, I, I really don't draw much. But there's that joy that comes from kind of creating your own characters that just it's very hard to describe but you know you know it when you feel it yeah definitely absolutely i've also noticed that you sort of created this online persona i believe it's a rat sicko correct yeah that's it I have the justin Fischetto accounts and then i have uh, a newer uh, rat sicko sicko account <laughs> which i've actually always wanted to ask you and i'm glad we have this ability to now so i don't know if you want to get into sort of like the evolution of rat sicko and you know maybe a little bit about what it represents and you know how that came to be so in uh, 2008, I think, I, I was at um, Nassau Community College, and I used to breakdance at Nassau Community College. At that time, uh, everybody who did breakdancing had to, you know, had most of them had a nickname uh, or uh, a stage name that they used uh, that represented their personality or the style of dance that they did. So, we, I mean, I spent a, a chunk of time, maybe a month or so, trying to figure out, all right, what is my name going to be? Because it was kind of a fun thing at that point. And um, I had... Uh, 
a circle of uh, close like breakdancer friends at the time, and and I still have some of them t- to this day, thankfully. But I spent some time with them, brainstorming different names, and um, I always I've always been really really into horror movies. And when I'm hanging out with friends uh, then and now, you know, I, I have somewhat of a, a, a sicker sense of humor that um, <laughs> c- comes up <laughs> that comes out, you know, once it, you know, once once you get to know me like fully personally, like we we fully hang out and stuff. Um, it comes out then, but uh, so they got to see like th- that side of my personality and and my sense of humor and the fact that I was so into like horror movies. I, I also made clothes back then, like I would, uh, I made uh, pants and like very like DIY, you know. And I was so into that too. But I think it was one friend I had in particular who um, I spent the most amount of time with practicing and stuff. And first he called me sick, like B boy sick, and that was kind of like what we went with for a little while, and then. Uh, after a couple of days or so, I was like, you know what, I, I don't feel like 100% connected to that name. So um, we kind of spend a little bit more time brainstorming and stuff. And uh, eventually the, the name Sicko came out. And I, I, I don't know if it was like some sort of like me and him were drinking and it just you know, <laughs> popped out <laughs> or so. I, I don't remember that exactly when it came out, but he, uh, he or I mentioned it and it just, it just stuck after that. And I, I, at the time I spent a lot of time breakdancing and the name started to go around It started to circulate, uh, amongst like my breakdancing friends and they would tell other people about sicko and, uh, it kind of grew in that crowd in that scene, which I really appreciated. And beyond that, I stopped breakdancing a couple years later, maybe 2010 or, or so, or 2011. And, um, I got connected with this store in my town called Extra Butter, which is like a a sneaker store uh, in Rockville Center. They were very much into movies. They had a lot of movies showing their movie screenings, and uh, they were into sneakers, and and they were also into breakdancing too. So that kind of took Sicko to like another level, and it's like there was like an evolution of Sicko. I had my own style. I made my own clothes, so it was like that the name fit the image that I had at that point, and and throughout the years. Uh, I mean, I guess essentially after all that faded, uh, we got to a point where um, I was just kind of going by Justin Fischetto because, uh, you know, a few friends that I've I've made over the last couple of years that um, are in, in comics or, you know, work with different companies in comics, uh, they, they just told me, like, you know, go with one name, go with one brand and whatever name that you're going to have on like books or things that are going to be published by you, uh, go with that name. So um, I started just going with Justin Fischetto on everything, uh, social media and stuff for the last couple of years. And it wasn't until recently that um, I think internally there was a sicko was like, you know, there was a sense of like sicko wanted to come back out. You know, it was like it, <laughs> it was, <laughs> over those years, you know, sicko kind of developed into this entity in a sense. You know, I, I, maybe it was um, my sick sense of humor that, you know, kind of came out in, in terms of like a specific visual style. I'm not sure, but it really represented my love for like horror I would have like a wacky sense of humor like, in my, in terms of my personal life. So it, it, I think it's a mix of like my wacky sense of humor at times with my love of horror and uh, my love of like um, punky, edgy fashion. So it was, I think it was a mix of those things. And that's kind of the visual language of, of Sicko now. And then I started a uh, Instagram account, Rat Sicko Instagram account and Facebook and Twitter and, and tumblers <laughs> for rat sicko so that's amazing that's awesome <laughs> and it's funny because you're right a lot of people will be like go by your given name what have it be but you know my name is adrian which isn't even my first name that's my middle name that's what i've gone by my family you know in the internet i was always known as hex which 
as a bit of a confession, Hex was always short for Hexgram, which based on the Deftone song, which I was way too into when it had come out <laughs> all of what, 2003 when a self-titled album came out? Yeah. So for a lot of people, like I was known as Hex and that became like my online persona. But seeing Sicko taking shape and come through in your art, it's like, I feel like that's when it really took the next step where it's, you're not just another name, you know, and while Justin Prochetto is the name you were born with, Sicko is you. Like that is, you know, your essence. That's your thing. So to some, you know, a corporate type, they may see it as a, you know, finger quotes brand. But to you, like, this is, that's really, I feel like once you really started to kind of develop, you know, that Sicko persona is when your art really skyrocketed. Yeah, thank you. So far, it's a, still a new a new thing on social media, but I, I've seen some people who don't follow my Justin Fischetto pages, but they follow my Sicko pages. And it, so it may speak to certain people uh, over others or certain people who maybe my, my Justin Fischetto art might not speak to. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that, but it's still a new new thing on social media, but it has a, you know, it's gotten a, a warm uh, reception so far. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, I'm excited to keep going with it, you know, especially in, into uh, October and Halloween, you know, uh, it being somewhat of a horror-esque type of uh, feel to Sicko's work. You know, I, I, I'm excited to do stuff for that next month. <laughs> I know a lot of people who are involved in comics. They're super into horror, but I'm a big baby when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, I, I'm still someone who hasn't seen, like, you know, a lot of, like, old school slashers, because, I don't know, my imagination's vivid enough as it is. Yeah. But at the same time, though, I know when it comes to fan bases, when it comes to a community, there are very few communities that are as dedicated and as supportive as the horror community, because when it comes to them, like, whether it be movies or comics or books or TV shows, you know, that's kind of a genre or a, like I said, a fan base that's just, you know, they eat that stuff up and yeah. and especially now with i mean shoot it i think as at this point what it became like one of the highest grossing i forgot i had heard it somewhere i think they it barely it didn't hit deadpool numbers but it came damn close damn close yeah it i i don't, I don't know 100 percent either but I, I everything i've seen has been pointing to the fact that it's it's doing amazing and people and critics both are really loving it so uh, uh, I'm going to be seeing it next weekend, so I can't wait. But it seems like it's doing really well, so I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I think it just speaks volumes because it's funny that horror movies, I feel like they kind of have that same thought like with comic book movies that when they do very well, there is a group of people that are always surprised by it as if it came out of nowhere. But like yeah. I said, if I know anything about any type of geekdom, yeah. whether it be comics, horror, sci-fi, whatever, if something's out and it's good, they're going to go bananas for it. So, like, it's definitely not an accident that, you know, this movie's taking off, and especially at the time in which it did. And I think, you know, having, to, you know, a way to sort of hone into that fan base is, uh, is a great thing because you're doing it, and not just strictly horror for horror's sake, because you really have an interesting way of presenting it. Thank you. You know, sometimes <laughs> it's done like maybe with sci-fi. Sometimes it's done a little bit more maybe street little, you know, graffiti type. So, you know, you Thank really you. do have these different styles that are just fascinating. And I don't know necessarily how you come about it, but I don't know if you want to get into your process a little bit. Because I also noticed that some of your horror stuff does have, like, let's say, a sci-fi bend. Or, you know, like I said, you come up from breakdancing and some of it, you know, tends to come from that end of it a little bit as well. Yeah, that's very interesting. 
because you're one of the few people like I haven't really heard you know somebody else describe the feeling they get from my work you know sicko or justify well sicko mainly actually <laughs> uh, but at the heart of everything genre wise I'm inspired by sci-fi I'm inspired by horror and I'm inspired by uh, cyberpunk I think uh, Justin Fischetto, the art that you know I do as Justin Fischetto, uh, may be more in line with cyberpunk stuff, maybe sci-fi in a sense, more so. Uh, I think that's probably been the focus, uh, not 100% consciously, uh, maybe slightly, but not 100%. You know, Sicko in, in a lot of ways has been kind of like a, just like, let me just start these accounts and do a different style of art and let me just have fun with it. You know, that, that's kind of the feeling with that, where Justin Fischetto may be more, more um, my business front, even though I love the stuff that I do as Justin Fischetto, you know, on social media. But um, for Sicko, I think the three main genres were the ones I just mentioned, sci-fi, horror, and cyberpunk. And I think my love for like certain movies that certain retro or classic movies, maybe like in the, in the vein of like Stranger Things is like a newer example, but Older examples would be like Judge Dredd. I, I'm a big fan of uh, 1995's Judge Dredd. <laughs> I have such like a deep passion for those types of movies, uh, the feel of those movies, and animes too at that time, like Akira and um, and stuff like that. But um, I feel like you know action movies in particular and uh, anime movies back then. So the 80s and 90s, there was like a grittiness to them, and it was like I was so inspired by like the the worlds that were created by like the original Judge Dredd or Blade Runner 1982. I'm really super inspired by those like fantastical sci-fi cyberpunk-esque worlds. And like, they were very cozy to me. You know, like I, I was so interested in like, I watch those movies again now in the background as I'm working. And uh, I love looking in the backgrounds of those movies when the like, main protagonist is walking down the street or, uh, or something like that. And I, I love looking at the characters in the backgrounds and, and seeing what they're doing and stuff. And little things like that really inspires like Sicko heavily <laughs> and it inspires Justin Fischetto too in a more, maybe more literal way, but it, it inspires Sicko in a more, I guess, slightly more abstract way, but it, it, you'll still see the influences in, in some form, I think, uh, with Sicko. <laughs> so it's basically movies and, and, and stuff that from that era and, and that style. You know, it's funny. I always make the joke. I've watched more action movies at like three or four years old than I did like <laughs> Disney movies because, again, that's what my dad was into. And he yeah. was in his, you know, mid 20s. So, of course, what guy in his mid 20s wouldn't, you know, go nuts watching these? So then, of course, <laughs> yeah. you mix in a lot of the stuff in the 80s really did have that nice merge of sci-fi and horror and even in yeah. movies where it's not necessarily horror like if you think about let's say robocop yeah robocop is really a sci-fi action but you know it's cronenberg so you know you gotta throw in you know these kind of very grotesque imagery in there and yeah. yes it all gave me horrific nightmares but i can't stop watching yeah <laughs> definitely yeah i mean robocop um uh, the one scene, I don't know if you remember, with the, the chemicals poured all over that guy, and he started to and started to melt off his body in the first RoboCop, 1987. Right. Uh, I don't know if you remember that at the end, but that was an amazing scene, and that was very hard. Oh, like when he gets George. hit by the car and he just completely disintegrates? Yeah. <laughs> he explodes, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, that was the style of that director, which I really appreciate, who uh, who did uh, Starship Troopers and, and Hollow Man, and I, I love that. It was over the top, you know, so I love that aspect of it. It was very, very over the top. I think I mean I think I take to in a, in a sense in my work uh, I like to exaggerate certain things so I think that's why I love that director. 
I also want to ask, though, and I don't know if this has ever been like a challenge, because seeing as how you have two very distinct styles, is there ever a challenge in terms of having one spilling over into the other? Or are you able to like keep that separation? Because I know in and of myself, it would be very difficult considering that both of those styles are just very strong. So is there ever a moment where it's like a Fischetto versus Sicko moment? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, recently, I digitally painted uh, Pennywise, uh, the clown, for my sicko page. And um, I was really tempted uh, to do that for Justin Fischetto. It, it would be different in, in terms of a few different styles. I think um, my Justin Fischetto style is, uh, you know, I think it's my training I, I put into or, or the study on traditional comic book style, which is essentially like black lines around your forms. So draw something uh, in pencil. And then you would ink it and you would keep that black line and then you, you would color over that black line. Not, not over it. Not, uh, you would still see it, but you would, everything would have a black line, essentially. So <laughs> I think that's the just shadow style, to put it simpler. And um, the sicko style is more of like, let me not add a black line to, to anything <laughs> and just uh, maybe just add a, a darker uh, version of the color that, you know, whatever color that, that's made up of that substance or whatever I'm, whatever I'm drawing specifically. I would basically draw, outline it in a darker color. <laughs> No black outlines on my sicko stuff and black outlines on my Justin Fischetto stuff, essentially. Right. So I, I don't know. It would just be cool to see like a merging of the two, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure going forward, I'm, you know, I'm going to keep experimenting with different things. So uh, we'll definitely see. And again, I, I'm going to try some art challenges next month for uh, October. There's, there's quite a few. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm definitely going to experiment a lot next month for sure. So <laughs> stay tuned on that. Inktober is one of my favorites because I, I can't, you know, draw for shit, but I'm always fascinated by the stuff that people come up with. Um, so I know you're also do like comic work. So I don't know if there are any plans to have maybe doing like, let's say your own either self published or through like another imprint to actually, you know, doing like a full fledged comic book at any point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right in a story that I started last Inktober, which is um, based on this main character called Zenith. And the name of the story thus far is Zenith. So that was my comic I did last uh, Inktober. I've also just appreciated, you know, talking about communities and fan bases and how to get behind your work. That's the wonder of meeting you and um, your buddy Emmanuel at Inbeyond, because, you know, they've been very supportive of your work. And it's been cool to see them, you know, take on, you know, fresh artists and such. So I don't know if you want to get into a little bit of your involvement with Inbeyond or is there any like thing in the work through them at all? There's nothing in the works per se uh, in terms of projects, uh, but I met Eric. Uh, Eric is the the head uh, for Imbion Con, and uh, he's amazing. And uh, I met him uh, at the very first Imbion Con 2014, uh, Christmas or December 2014. And um, ever since the beginning, I felt like we just like hit it off. And then met, that first show, I met a lot of the artists that were there at tables, and I was just walking around. And um, it was really me just going around, like just talking to everybody and, and just you know, the big thing is, I think, being genuine. And I have a natural interest in like just different kinds of work. So I would ask them questions and it was a back and forth type of thing. And I felt like I built some friendships, you know, at that first show. And then we kind of kept in touch uh, through social media and at, at every Inbeyond Con and uh, any Inbeyond show, they have other conventions too, not just Inbeyond Con, but we've all kept in touch. And it's like a, it's like a beautiful community that has developed and uh, we keep in contact through social media and it's really been wonderful. No projects in the work, but um, it's been a beautiful community. This is something I've always liked to ask and I don't always necessarily get to do it, but I figured we have a little bit more time before we had to head out. 
I know we have, you know, I often talk comics, but seeing as how it seems like it goes more movies towards us. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I, you know, big fan of, like, let's say the Marvel shows on Netflix. Yeah. And something I've always looked for in each of those shows is what I like to call the oh shit moment. Yeah. Where, you know, where it's like, all right, I'm watching this thing. It happens. But then again, there's this moment that just makes you go. Oh shit! Like, just what? What did I just watch? Yeah. So, knowing like the stuff that you've grown up watching, what would you say would be like maybe a movie or a TV show or something you've watched that, if you can even remember it, that pretty much just made you go, "Oh shit!" Like, I'm into this. <laughs> um, hmm. I mean, I watch a lot of horror movies, so I I, I spent a, a chunk of time uh, a few years ago uh, trying to find the most disturbing horror movies out there that exist. So I definitely, um, I've come across some like crazy scenes, you know, certain horror movies. Most of the craziest ones I've ever seen have been from like horror movies that were foreign. There are certainly moments in some of those movies, you know, the movies that are, that are definitely like, Oh shit. There's a scene in uh human centipede too. And, um, basically a lady panics and she's carrying a baby and she tries to get, she sees the, the monstrosity that is the human centipede too. And she tries to get, take off and get out of there as fast as possible. So she jumps in her car with her baby and in the panic, uh, she, she drops the baby and then she goes to push on the gas, gas pedal and the, the gas pedal crushes the baby's head underneath the gas. So, so that was one of the moments, I don't know if, I don't know if that's fit for your podcast, but. It is now because you know what it is. I, <laughs> I laugh the whole time. I'm trying to hold it laughter, not because it's funny, but okay. Um, I grew up in Jersey and Clifton, New Jersey. There's a bar called Clash Bar, and it's a really cool spot. It's a really like nice hole in the wall. But the guy who uh, runs the bar, it's like a bar slash concert venue. So I used to go there, you know, sometimes with a buddy or sometimes by myself, and you know, catch shows and you know, have a couple of drinks like you do at any other place, but. The guy who runs it is super big into, like, you know, old school, like, you know, horror. You know, he would have, like, a, you know, watching, like, you know, Reanimator or, like, a lot of trauma stuff, things like that. Cool, I so I would basically be at this bar, like, listening to, like, you know, a lot of, like, local rock bands knocking back a couple of blue moons <laughs> while watching just, like, these grotesque horror movies. <laughs> and, again, like I said, I'm not super into horror. Like, I'm not, like, it's not like I don't go out of my way to watch it. Yeah. So the whole time I'd be listening to music. And watching these movies and go, you know what? <laughs> this is okay. Like, I can deal with this. Because like you said, it's Reanimator, Toxic Avenger, yeah. stuff like that. So the one night I go and I notice that it's like, wait a minute, this looks familiar. And it's like, oh, it's Human Centipede 2. <laughs> so, and then that night I realized I'm looking at my blue moon, I'm looking up and I'm like... <laughs> I don't know how this got filmed, and I don't know if I could even finish my beer, but the problem was I couldn't look away, and it was a really great band playing, and I feel bad that I ignored them because at that point, I just couldn't take my eyes off the screen. And if I remember Human Centipede 2 correctly, that's the one where it's like, what do they call like those meta sequels, where it's a guy who had watched, I guess, the first Human Centipede, and I guess attempted to do it himself, and he's just not very good at it. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> So, <laughs> once that happened, you're just like, what the hell? I and I think, I mean, I don't know if you saw, there's three of them now. I haven't seen the uh, third one, but um, I've seen one and two. Yeah, I, I didn't see the third one either, but I, I, between one and two, I think two is ten times more like 
effed up than part one. So it most um, certainly <laughs> is. Yeah, <laughs> part one is definitely tame compared to part two. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's interesting. That's interesting experience for sure. <laughs> Seeing that in a bar and. It sounds kind of fun, actually. <laughs> it's it was a really great place, and I mean, they're still there. It's just you know, I'm out here in Long Island now, so I haven't been I haven't been back there in a very long time. But that was his thing. Like it'd be usually like a you know, I, by classic, I mean you know, you know, definitely not a super recent horror movie, but it'd be just something that would make you hold your beer and probably make you drop. You're like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> but it'd be yeah. fascinating because I'm like. I don't even know these movies exist in the other place, but I'm like, you know what? <laughs> this is an amazing, and it's like the bands had nothing to do with the the movies that were being shown. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it. So it's not like it's you know horrorcore or like you know something like really dark. They'd be some of them just you know your simple indie rock bands. While I'm watching people <laughs> be torn asunder, and yet everybody's totally fine with it. I'm like, you know what? I can see why this is a thing now. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I don't think it's a good movie, but I think it's one of those movies where I had to buy it just to kind of you know have it. And just <laughs> I have a horror collection of you know, a big, pretty big collection of horror movies. So it's just one of those movies where like I didn't think it was a good movie, but I just had to. I had to own it. Yeah, I couldn't say I'd recommend that, and I don't know if yeah. anybody <laughs> if I would go out of my way to be like you need to watch this. But if you yeah. happen to, I'm sorry, but it just. <laughs> You'll be hard pressed to, oh god! Like it's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like one of the things that you just keep watching. You can't look away. You know, it's like you. I mean, it's not for everybody. It's not. Some people are going to be, you know, sickened and disturbed by. It. I mean, probably most people. But it's one of those things where, like, so certainly if you if you have a beer in your hand and you're drinking, um, you're not going to be able to look away. So. Right. <laughs> and and I think why that <laughs> movie was, I guess, for lack of a better term, enthralling is just the fact that. It's so over the top. Yeah. It's clearly played up, and I think it was smart in a way. Um, I don't know the name of the director of Human Centipede 2. Uh, I think his name was something six, Johnny Six or something six. The way they did that, again, it's still very disturbing, but yet it's almost to the point where it's so over the top that you can't help but imagine, like, okay, this is clearly, you know, a movie like this is you know because there are some horror movies that are almost too realistic yeah where you're just like i can't deal with this and you know you know the ones i'm talking about but this one at least that made it easier for me to deal with for the sole fact of it's like all right i know for a fact all this is bullshit (laughs) but again it's just i can't look away and that is something i will always just you know, me drinking Blue Moon, yeah. watching Blue Centipede <laughs> And I almost want to say I'm sorry that you had to go through that, but it seems like you had no problem. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think uh, when I saw it too, like I, I, I was having a couple of drinks too. So <laughs> it's one of those movies where you have, you should have a couple of drinks while you watch it. I mean. <laughs> All right. So maybe that's the deal. It's like, okay, if you're going to go out of your way to watch Blue Centipede 2, um, I don't know. For people who aren't drinkers, I don't know what to tell you at that point. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, if, if you're just a fan of horror and you know you want to see something that's really effed up, um, you know, I mean, why not? I mean, get a group of friends together and just like check it out. You know, <laughs> so 
Right. It, it, it's kind of a party movie where like you can get a group of people that are, are you know at a party and you could just put it on and like a chunk of them will, will you know actually watch it and stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's actually even more disturbing because at that point you've already watched this movie. You know what's gonna happen. You invite a bunch of people into your home and be like, oh hey, let's put on this movie, and everybody's hanging around because it's like it's no different than sitting around watching you know Friday the Thirteenth or Scream or something. But yet. <laughs> That's that. So then, I, <laughs> I think the difference. I, I feel like uh, Scream or Friday Thirteenth. They, they have a story. I mean, they're they, they're very much you know slasher movies, but they have somewhat of a story that you can actually sit down and follow uh, if you're into it. And uh, with Human Centipede Two, there is a story, but <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those more like you know just weird trippy movies that you can put on you know at a party or you can put on by yourself i feel like it could it could do you can go either way uh with, with human centipede it's just like for me it has that feel to it so wait did you watch that by yourself the first time you saw it i did yeah <laughs> okay see yeah. i don't know what that must have been like because at least i got to see with the group of people and we all basically going like all right i don't know like we almost sort of bonded over the fact that we all saw this thing and none of us could process it so what the hell was that like watching it by yourself <laughs> well so i bought the dvd and then i think it, it, I, you know i think it took me um a couple weeks before i because i i at that point, I was going out and I was just going to like Fye and, and and places like that, and just like buying like a bunch of horror movies at once. <laughs> that was like okay my <laughs> for that period of time, and um, that was one of the movies I I, I bought. And uh, I just you know I I think I just chose to watch other movies before that you know over for for a couple weeks or so, and then finally I got, I got to it and. I think I yeah I busted out or loco or some some sort of uh, oh so okay so you know what so you really at that point <laughs> at, after the four loco which you know anything you could have watched pretty much anything and you would have been like yeah this is happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think it, it was like a, <laughs> it was one of those things where I. It just uh, I didn't consciously like think like all right let me get let me get fucked up or let me let me really try to get wasted and then watch this movie I think it was just like let me just have a drink and relax that was like my I think that was my train of thought at that point let me have a drink relax and and then let me watch this movie and see how it is and it wasn't like um yeah it wasn't like trying to like you know jack myself up for it I I, I heard it was disturbing before I saw it and and and, and fucked up and stuff and and it certainly was that. <laughs> it certainly was that uh, but I was watching it and uh, I think you know I was watching by myself, and and it was just like throughout the whole experience, I was like, "What the fuck?" You know, was, right? That's all you can say <laughs> at that point. <laughs> I think it's one of those movies where there's a lot of like, there's some buildup, and he messes up a lot. He tries to do certain things, and they don't work out. Uh, so I kept watching because I wanted to see if he was actually going to go through with it, if he was actually going to actually make a human centipede or or, or not. Because there was a couple moments where he, I think he 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 tried, and then he fucked up in the movie. Um, if I remember correctly, um, but um, but it is a, it's certainly a crazy movie. Not for everybody, but <laughs> it is definitely not for everybody. And like I said, I saw it accidentally. I don't know if I can recommend it, but oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> they went for, for it. <laughs> yeah, for horror fans, I would say it's a movie that you may not love, but like you have to see it if you're a horror fan. But if you're not a, like a hardcore horror fan, then. Uh, you know, if you're feeling like ballsy, like give it a chance. But if not, you know, you can take it or leave it, I guess. 
<laughs> and you can find out a lot about somebody depending on you know what their reaction to Human Centipede Two was. Yeah, <laughs> very true. Very very true. <laughs> but, oh man! But Justin, thank you so much. This has been great, and I didn't realize how much time had passed uh, before yeah. we even got started. But um, thank you, and um, hopefully your first podcast experience wasn't um awful. No, and nowhere near as um excruciating as you know something human centipede like. Yeah, no, not at all. No, this was uh, this was a blast, and thank you so much for having me. And I would love to come back in the future, you know, to do more for sure. <laughs> anytime, anytime. But before you go, please let everybody know where they could find uh, more of your stuff online. I know you ran off a couple of sites earlier, but I guess just to cap everything off, if you wouldn't mind running them through again. Sure. Uh, thank you. So, um, so. My Justin Fischetto work, uh, it, it, my handle for Justin Fischetto is my first and last name. So Justin Fischetto, at Justin Fischetto, everywhere. Uh, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, J-U-S-T-I-N-F-I-S-C-H-E-T-T-O. So at Justin Fischetto, everywhere. And then um, that's my Justin Fischetto work. And then my uh, my other work, uh, Sicko work, um, it's at Rat Sicko, everywhere. So um, at R-A-T-S-Y-C-K-O, uh, Twitter, uh, on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, my main thing is Instagram, but I, you know, I trickle out my post from Instagram for Ratsicko. But, but yeah, that, those are the two handles. And um, my Ratsicko stuff is a bit more horror, wacky horror, fun stuff. And I guess my Justin Fischetto work is, is more, um, I guess, in, in the realm of like cyberpunk, uh, comic book-esque work. So whatever tickles your fancy. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of Adrian Has Issues. And we will see you next issue.